Chelsea Bay. And I'm Shay. Together, we are Fulfillment. Fulfillment is a storytelling event featuring local community leaders and entrepreneurs who share their personal journey towards fulfillment through vocation that will challenge you to come alive. The following stories are true, and no one's identity has been protected. It is July 2020, and we are not doing any live events right now because of the pandemic. So we decided to catch up with a lot of our old storytellers and see how they're doing and how this COVID shenanigans has affected their passion for their work, how they've had to pivot, um, and what that looks like for them. So here is Shea Pataja and myself, Chelsea Bay Dennis, catching up with Julie Clark. And we would encourage you to check out our website at close to 100 other stories that will inspire you to do what you love as well. Here is Julie Clark. All right, we are Fulfillment Live in a park, sitting six feet apart with Julie Clark from the Tart. Um, and we're just going to try some interview-style stuff to get updates on um, what's happening in the world of work and pivoting because of the pandemic and fulfillment in the midst of it all. Um, so, Julie, for those who have not heard your story before, can you tell the audience a little bit about what you do and what is your role at that place? Absolutely. My pleasure. So I'm Julie Clark. I'm the executive director of Tart Trails. I've been there. It'll be 10 years. It was 10 years like a week ago. So yay, I know. Um, and as executive director of Clark, I have uh, executive director of Clark. Some days, some days, executive Clark director Tart. of Tart. Yes. Um, it is my pleasure to work with a team of great employees and a cadre of volunteers, including board members, um, to help create a trail network that uh, enriches our community and that connects the people and places that we love. This is Shay on the mic. Uh, you are the executive director of the household, right? I mean, it kind of works that way. No, she's shaking her head. No, it's a, it's a teamwork a makes, position. it's a co-chair position. Okay. I'm just curious how families are doing this during the pandemic. Who's the boss now? Um, so I'm old school. I'm from Sutton's Bay and Traverse City combined. So I took the train on the trails in high school. And I remember when they wanted to convert the trails over to the Tart Trail and the protesting signs in people's home on their lawns and what this was going to do and how terrible it would be. And people were split 50-50 over the decision so I kind of go pretty far back with the tart trails but my question is to you you've got uh, eight full-time employees and then you look at the tart trail and you think okay how does this take eight people full-time and then how did you keep working during quarantine and what's your plan coming up that's three questions all right, I'll try to take those one at a time. The first, yep, you're talking about the Leelanau Trail that was a private rail corridor purchased by a small group, um, the Leelanau Trails Association at the time. Uh, private funding, 100%, uh, purchased that corridor to, to save it and to turn it into a linear park. That was the vision um, that a small group of community members in the Sutton's Bay, Leelanau County area had. So that was like a Dave Monstre and um, Paul Bennington, Frank Nover, Lois Bailey, uh, these 
community leaders up in Sutton's Bay primarily saw this corridor and wanted to, to keep hold of it. At the same time, happening in Traverse City was uh, a push when US 31, so you might remember that too, being old timers, um, US 31 was being widened and paved and there was no accommodation made for uh, biking and walking. And so a group of volunteers uh, led by June Thaden and John Robert Williams, Tim Brick, Pete Doran, who was city attorney at the time, and Rick Antosh, who was over at the resort, they all got together to figure out how to actually change legislation and allow the very first um, rail with trail. That's the TART, the Traverse Area Recreational Trail. They got that on the ground. So that was happening. And then there was the VASA being built out in the woods. So that was, um, there's about 40K. Um, you say K because it's a ski world, right? It was a ski trail. Uh, Cross-country ski was its big focus. It's a multi-use year-round trail, but really built for to host the VASA race. And so that's, a, again, a long-time um, institution in our community. That was happening. And then you had Ted Okerstrom, who was at the Park Place in Ranch Rudolph, who was working on a Boardman River Trail, including a loop around the lake. So there are four different groups going gangbusters trying to bring trails and a network to the community. All volunteers um, until we hired our first executive director. Um, it was actually Paul Bennington, and then we went through a couple shortly thereafter. And what what happened was there was a need to to really focus on getting governments and getting local support to build a network. So one trail at a time is how it was happening for four different groups. And then they all merged to create TART trails um, in 1998. And so we started as a very small, you know, there were like two staffers uh, there back in the early 2000s. And yeah, we've grown as the trail systems have grown. So our jobs are pretty wide ranging. So we service both Grand Traverse County and Leelanau and soon to be Antrim because we're launching uh, the Nequema Trailway, which is a big effort to connect um, Traverse City to Charlevoix, which yeah, that 46 mile connection will create a 325 mile continuous, contiguous, non-motorized trail network in northern Michigan. So efforts like that and Sleeping Bear Heritage Trail, you know, out in Leelanau County, TART is the fundraiser for that. So we work, um, this is what I love best about my job, uh, is working with all the different partners, whether they're public or private, right? We work a ton with our local governments because except for the Leelanau Trail, which TART does own, right? We own and manage and operate 18 miles of trail between Traverse City and, and Sutton's Bay. The rest of it is all different forms of ownership um, with different local governments, state, um, and yeah, mostly local townships, county, state. So it's a hodgepodge. And so we, we are like a friends group on steroids out there. So our job is to make sure we can deploy people uh, because we know that governments and you know the resources there are limited. So we come in and help um, make sure that the trails that we love get built and are taken care of. Sometimes that just means gentle nudging of government partners. Sometimes that means actual partnerships where we go out and maintain. And a lot of it means fundraising. So um, 
Just to give you an example of the type of work we do, Sleeping Bear, when that was launched, it was, uh, the goal was 27 miles all through the lakeshore, right from end to end uh, in the National Lakeshore. 20 miles on the ground exists today. At the time, we thought it would be a $10 million project. We are well past that. Um, I think we're close to 15 million now. Um, and so our portion of that, private funding there, is a little, it's over three million so far that we've invested there. And we've got another nine million to go to finish it out uh, to the north. So we're fundraising, we're working partnerships, uh, we're in charge of maintenance, we groom uh, the Vasa Trail. So, you know, we have a team of groomers that are out there. So it's an all year long uh, adventure at Tart Trails and the fundraising just never stops um, because we're constantly trying to support what the community wants, which is walkable, bikeable uh, networks out there. Uh, I think COVID taught us really a lot about how important these are. Um, I know some people think of them as amenities and they're just nice to have, but I, I, think, I think you don't need a pandemic to show how critical this kind of infrastructure is to community health and wellness. Um, but the pandemic certainly, certainly uh, took a spotlight on that. So fulfillment is all about loving what you do and how does it fulfill you and why do you do what you do? Um, and you've already told that story, but what we're curious about right now is, you know, how has the pandemic affected your passion for your work and what you do? I would say it has intensified it, which is hard to do given, I think, my passion level before. Um, but what, what again, I, I think COVID has done is elevate the importance of time outside, focus on your health, your family's health, your individual's health. And when we're not allowed to go places far, why is it that you can't walk outside your door and expect to safely run, bike, or walk, that that should just be an expectation that I think everybody should have. Now what that looks like, whether it's a, a trail or a sidewalk or, you know, a nice wooded path, those are going to be different. But I just think it's critical to our survival and sanity that we have these places that we can go to recharge. And for me, um, COVID just put the put that passion right up front and center. I, my kids and I, my family, that's, that's how we're spending our time. Um, when you can't go and do things you might normally do, and the only place that might feel safe or comfortable is outside, you need a place to do that. And I, I know I'm not crazy here because the trail numbers um, have accelerated. We are seeing a lot more use on the trails and anecdotally, it looks like a lot newer users, right? Folks that we're not used to seeing out there, which is fantastic. That's what we want. We create these systems so that they're, they're used. So for me, the pandemic, um, it, it highlighted the privilege that we have here in Northern Michigan, being a little more isolated, being a little more rural is a good thing in terms of having the, the space that we might need um, to be safer. But it also highlighted the, the lack of access a lot of people have to these areas and how important it is 
to be building the right type of infrastructure so that you can walk out your door and find a place uh, to be safe, active, and healthy. Um, so another question I had is, you know, obviously you guys are continuing to push what you've already done, but is there any pivots that you've had to make it as an organization um, because of the pandemic? And was that um, met with resentment or resistance or with excitement to, to take on the, the challenge at hand? Well, one of the probably the easiest pivot to recognize was we used to work in an office together. Uh, we do not do that really anymore. Um, there were eight of us in an office and, you know, back in March, about a week before the shutdown, we thought, you know, we should probably practice. What does it look like to work remotely? How does that feel? And so we, we did what we thought was going to be a practice run. Um, and then it became very real and we have not transitioned back to full-time in the office. The office remains closed to the public, except for, you know, by appointment only. Um, we take the health and safety of our employees and our, our visitors very seriously. So um, while we're happy to meet and do things like this, where we're outside and um, have that space, we don't, um, we don't meet regularly in person anymore. And that was a it was a it was a steep learning curve, um, but handled I'd say almost flawlessly by staff. They all we all just rolled like the first Zoom meeting that we had. We'd never never been on Zoom, frankly. <laughs> I'd heard about this thing called Zoom, and I knew it existed. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, by our first staff meeting the Wednesday, uh, we practiced. We that's what we started doing for the next few months. We are now meeting in you know once a week, maybe in the park, uh, as a staff. Um, so we're physically distanced because that was the the hardest transition for us is to not see each other. Right? We miss that that office environment where things just kind of bounce off. There's a little bit of I think the creativity that you miss by not having actual live human interactions. Um, but in general, I was so impressed with our team and the tenacity that they went at this remote um, opportunity because that's how they saw it as. We can still do our job, we just do it differently. And nobody missed a beat on how that looks. We were able to connect with donors uh, through phone calls and just have really good conversations. People slowed down. Um, and you had a chance to actually have meaningful conversations, not about, you know, hey, we're doing this project or that project, but just how are you? How is life? And that, those kind of connections from a human being and a business standpoint are, are critical. So for us, what we've learned is we're going to be remote um, and, and embrace that. Some of our staff, um, we had a mom who had a new baby and she was freaking out about What's she gonna do about childcare? Um, how, do you, how do you handle this being a, a mom of a three-month-old and then thinking you're going back to work full-time? She's been able to stay home and it's been lovely. Like I can't, we talked a lot about a flex environment and work and that was always a policy, but to see people really embrace it um, and not feel that guilt, like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, everybody else is there. 
that's so freeing and it's it's helping us rethink how we act and um, work together new tools were introduced uh, that are helping with the productivity remotely right everybody got on asana everybody got on zoom and they're they're great and it's proven to me that we can walk the walk of things we've said in the past which is you got to love what you do and love who you are and take the time to support yourself in health and i love that you know kate gets to be home with her baby and her family and doesn't have to have that stress and guess what she's still kicking and delivering i mean not not a, even a blip and slow down so i think it proved a lot of things that maybe internally we were scared of like can i do this or maybe i just have an amazing team yeah it sounds like you have a really awesome team and i think that's something that a lot of offices are experiencing like they're missing the community of the work going home going to work you know you're there 40 hours a week with this family and then you all go remote so it is a gap that people are feeling but that's pretty cool so my question is what projects do you guys have coming up because if you haven't slowed down my guess is that there's something big coming up yeah there's a lot of big things coming up and that's that's been part of the fun um, right figuring out how to keep this all going even though yep certain glitches get hit um, it's harder to plan when government's not having meetings funding yada yada but the big projects that are right around the corner are next week um, construction is good to go on the first leg of the Boardman Lake Loop so it's going to be the trail I know it's such a so awesome can't wait um, but that's the trail between 14th Street and NMC so it's a it's a pretty short stretch um, we had to when we went out last year for bids, we retooled a little bit. So it'll be three different components that make up the loop. The first leg to NMC. Later this summer, we should go out to bid on the next section between NMC and Medali. And then the piece in Garfield, which is between NMC along Cass Road to South Airport Road. So three different legs. The first leg starts construction this summer and boy we can't wait to celebrate that there will be a groundbreaking video done we're very excited about this to try things again in different ways because you know you could bring everybody together with a mask and a shovel but I don't know let's have more fun so yep. we're gonna do a, a virtual uh, groundbreaking so excited about that and then the other piece um, a project we've been working on for literally years is the tart reconstruct so we are working with the East Bay Township, the county and the city, to rebuild the trail between um, Airport Access Road and Three Mile. So if you've ever uh, ridden that in the past, I'd say five years, you, you're going to get a little, uh-huh. Oh, sorry, as you go along. Um, so we're going to reconstruct that and we're going to widen it. That was actually one of the first legs of trail built. And uh, that is, I'm going to rearrange That is eight feet wide and old 30 years old so we are going to reconstruct that and it's phased project so right some of the adjustments pivots we've made is bite off you know what you can chew right now and what you can get done but don't don't give up just because it can't get done what you wanted out of the gate you you adjust and so the rest of the phasing will be you know future phase down to Hastings 
And then we will have art through there too, um, more of an interactive art as part of Art on the Tart um, program that we have. And there'll be landscaping because it's, it's kind of a sad little section through there. And so we're working with volunteers who've developed a really cool landscaping plan to make it feel a little more welcoming. Maybe the first cherry trees in Traverse City will be planted there. I know, we're working with the Cherry Festival on that. So, like all kinds of partners that um, are really into the, you know, let's make, let's make our infrastructure great and welcoming and let's celebrate our community. So that project's happening and then we've got a ton of work happening on the Leelanau Trail. So we've got reconstruction efforts all through by Larkin as you go behind, kind of between Carter Road and Larkin, again, built in 2004. So some of, right, we all need a little, we all need a little help as we get older to, uh, whether it's cream for my eyes or a new overlay for the trail. Um, it just helps us kind of keep going. So that's a huge reconstruct. We've got a big one in Sutton's Bay. And we're working with our partners up at Leo Creek and Hoplot to make a connection into and through the woods. Because again, what people want are ways to get around easily and comfortably and in a fun and friendly way. So we're working on those connections. And then bigger projects down the road, we are, we are pulling together how do we um, get Sleeping Bear back and rolling to connect that to County Road 651. So we hope engineering starts this year, later this year on that section, another five miles of trail through the lake shore. We are looking to go to Shabby Town on the Leelanau Trail. Um, we are excited about that connection and the, the meaningful recreation and transportation um, that we think it'll provide. Uh, and then Nequema Trail, so Acme Connector Trail, which is, it'll connect Bunker Hill, punch through, so you don't have to try to figure out your way to Bayside Park or over to uh, the trail at Lautner. You'll be able to take trail now um, to the Meyer development and then over to US 3172. And that construction, we hope to go to bid uh, winter, so that's under construction next year. So. There's a lot. There's a like we're gonna keep changing things, man. Well, it's so fun. Shay talked about being a, a native to here too, and um, I just remember getting all my friends when I was in eighth grade. That now and then movie came out where the girls would ride their bikes everywhere, and so we'd all ride from downtown Traverse City all the way to Acme, and I felt so empowered. Um, and connected with my friends, and then now today, one of my like respites, um, like best mind-filling goodness is going right behind Tom's West Bay and then headed out towards Sutton's Bay on my rollerblades. And there's a few, like, when the, the black um, fill-ins, you get a little, like, woo! You know, you lose your footing a little bit, so I could see the, the update. But, oh, that's, like, heaven to me. As soon as you get behind Tom's West Bay, I just go. Um, and I remember you even used to live behind there, Shay, and I'd go visit you. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, hey, thanks so much for all that you do. It gets me so pumped up and reminds me why I love living here. Uh, yeah, where I lived before and where I live now is right on the Tart Trail. So I, it's kind of funny because friends will say, well, you just want to meet on the Tart? Meet on the Tart. There's a new tagline for you, but um, that's that's what we do here. So thank you, and, and I'm encouraged to hear that. Uh, COVID didn't slow you down. It just reignited your purpose, your mission, and the urgency that you have to make this an even more connected town. And you literally, 
What's neat is a lot of us say we're connected, right? We all say that it's Traverse City. It's one degree of separation here. But what's neat about the Tart Trail is bird's eye view, uh, drone shot. You literally have connections built that we can all see and get on and experience. So we really appreciate you doing that. We just want to tell our listeners, if you want to hear her story, uh, we have that on our website. And the goal of this series of fulfillment is to reconnect with storytellers who have had to make a big change uh, in order to keep going and keep the community going. And so we are excited to bring you uh, more storytellers and leaders in the community. So thanks again.